millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Shabana Hearn and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot oh. and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Good evening. How are you? Hope you're having a wonderful Monday. Welcome along to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Shabam with you. In for Faye Carruthers, pleased to say Time's a writer. Molly Hudson is with me tonight and with 22 hours to go on the transfer window, Guru David Ornstein has just broken Twitter with reports of Alessio Russo moving to Arsenal for a world record fee. Of course, we're going to get right into that. FA Cup fourth round complete over the weekend at fifth round and coming the draw has been done we'll go through some of those fixtures and uh, look back on the fourth round as well and also this weekend it broke that Scotland legend Jenny Beattie announced her retirement from international duty you're going to hear exclusively exclusively sorry from her on why she made the decision to step back from representing her country moving forward she's been speaking to Bradley Hayden all coming up for you on Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. Hi, I'm Ashley from Putnam Hotspur and you're listening to the Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. And pleased to see Molly Hudson is with us from the Times. How are you, Molly? Well, well, it's been it's been quite a last hour or so, hasn't it? It's um, really changed kind of what we're all talking about. I live for this kind of thing I was just I was just putting together a tweet there like you know it's so nice isn't it women's game still so nice but I want to see moves like this happen and I want to see journalists like David Ornstein and Fabrizio Romano going on about world record fees in the women's game it's it's the way it's going isn't it Molly it is and I think you know you you look at a player like Alessia Russo and she's completely worth that you know we're talking about a a world record fee, kind of around that £400,000 mark, which obviously we saw with Kira Walsh moving from Manchester City to Barcelona last summer. And look, I think you see what she did last summer for England. You see you see that back heel, you see the, the goals that she provided. And that's exactly what a team like Arsenal mm. really, really need right now. Um, the tweet come from David Ornstein, exclusive Arsenal women make world record offer to sign Alessio Russo from Manchester United with no breakthrough in new contract talks. Current deal ends this summer. Arsenal Women Football Club have submitted a huge bid for the 23-year-old England striker not accepted yet. Um, David Ornstein at the Athletic there um, and it's starting to really send Twitter into meltdown. Nearly a million views on that already. 
already and of course has the the women's football world talking um According to our sources here at TalkSport are chasing this up just now um, and the reports are true that the bid has gone in and uh, they're hoping to get this deal done as soon as possible. So are we looking at January, Molly? Are we looking to get this deal done that Manchester United get their money and she goes in the summer? What are you thinking? I think it's quite clear that Arsenal need her now they need her in this window because obviously we've seen Beth Mead and Vivian Meadmar obviously ruled out with these horrible anterior cruciate ligament injuries which leaves them a you know a sizable gap in that front line really they need a world class forward now if they're going to compete on all fronts as they are at the moment so I think in an ideal world from Arsenal's sense she'd definitely come in this window I think the ideal world for Manchester United is obviously that she stays until the end of the season there and then they can go on and get Champions League football and hopefully try and secure her to stay. It's something that's been out there. I remember the day after the Lionesses won the Euros, Alessia Russo was on Good Morning Britain and Richard Madeley said, there's reports you're going to become the first million pound transfer in the women's game and Alessia's face was a bit like, is is it? Is that is that true? Um but she is that calibre of player. She has that talent. She's 23 years old. She's stepped up in the league. She's stepped up on the big stage for her country. Um, and we've known that the contract talks with Manchester United haven't progressed. So it seems like this big move has been coming. And exactly as you mentioned there, Arsenal need it at this point in time. If they want to maintain the hopes for the title, no disrespect to Stina Blackstenius, of course, hasn't been on great form at the moment she's probably lost a, a bit of confidence in front of goal as well which we sympathise with because we know she's a great player uh, of course been out being without Beth Mead being without Viviana Miedema who are going to provide you goals all the time um, she's exactly who they need right now this window and I actually think it makes a lot of sense because you, you can have somebody come in in this window that's maybe a sticking plaster but actually mm. somebody like Russo you can really build your team around for years to come. You know, she's only 23. You think about Beth Mead coming back when she is fit, obviously has a future at Arsenal, and you can imagine them playing together as in the same way that they have for England. So I think that's why this move makes so much sense. It's somebody that's already adapted to the Women's Super League, which we know is difficult. I mean, take Dina for an example of, of a player that's obviously still kind of finding that adaption process, really. So I think... It's a move that makes a lot of sense, whether it will get done or not. As you say, you know, 22 hours to go, the clock is ticking. Mm. Um, you mentioned as well the record fee. We obviously know Kira Walsh has moved to Barcelona for 400,000. Um, what, what are we thinking here? Are we thinking half a million now? Are we going higher than that? Or are you thinking 400 grand? I think I understand it's around that 400,000 mark, mm. maybe slightly more, um, but probably less than, than half a million. But I think... Look, I think what we've seen in the last 12 months is how the value of women's footballers now has really been reflected in the market because for such a long time it wasn't. We were having like the majority of deals being done when it was the end of contract. Players were moving around for free. Teams now need these players to, mm. to go and get these trophies and they know that that will bring them finances. So they're willing to, to pay now. The whole Tunia and Alessia Russo chat will not be the same anymore because I only see Alessia Russo alongside Ella Tuna. I think a lot of us feel that way about Manchester United. Manchester United without Alessia Russo is a thought, but Arsenal getting Alessia Russo this window is also something that, I mean, Jonas Edeval loves a, a powerful striker, he loves a physical player. He would fit, She would fit them all perfectly for his squad. Uh, I think as big as this is for Arsenal, I think it's 
bigger this decision for Manchester United because it really reflects how seriously they want to take their women's team. And I know we've criticised them on the show before, maybe haven't invested as much as maybe they could have to get to this point. And I think now they're in the perfect position. They're top of the league. They're fighting for Champions League football, which would be massive to get that. And I think if you let a player the calibre of Russo go, it shows that you're still a stepping stone in women's football. Mm. And Manchester United fans and the players at the club will want more than that. They want to be the club that players want to play for, not the one that's used as a stepping stone. Absolutely. Five goals so far this season for Alessia Russo at Manchester United. Last season, nine goals, four assists. Um, and of course, at the Euros, the one... The, the one that we all see it's been nominated for the Biscuits Award as well uh, five goals for the Lionesses in the summer as well and very much so now becoming the starter in Sina Wiegmann's Lionesses squad moving forward with a World Cup ahead this year um, with the momentum of the Women's Euros and Alessia Russo being so much part of it um, well, it just shows you the trajectory and where everything's going at the moment and thank goodness I, I, I live for this Molly the news like this breaking you know, on the likes of David Ornstein's platform, you know, it's becoming, it's normalising women in football and transfers should start to feel a little bit more like this moving forward. It's fantastic to see. And I think all of us that have been part of women's football now, the community on Twitter, there's there's, there's really interesting transfers now mm. for, you know, clubs right across the league. You know, it doesn't have to be kind of two massive clubs. Is it in this case, you know, we've, we've tweeted about Liverpool, Tottenham, teams like that all over the, the transfer window and there's been so much interest in it and I think it is people care now. You can't you can't say nobody cares about women's football now. We're mm. past that. Mm. And that's really nice to know, to feel, to know that that like you, you can't argue that about women's football anymore. Sorry. Yeah. I mean Saturday night I was sitting watching the T V when the news broke of the Arsenal had knocked back or rejected the size bowl offer that had come in for Katie McCabe uh, to get that move to Chelsea um, as well. And that sent Twitter into meltdown. That had everybody talking. Um, and now this with Alessia Russo as well, it definitely feels that we're going to be seeing more of this moving forward. And, and teams want to strengthen, right? Teams want to take the best players. That's what we see in football. That's what it should be. Um, and, and a move like this is certainly, well, the first of its kind, but it would definitely shake and ruffle feathers, I'm sure. I think it's quite interesting, actually, both both of these moves for Russo and McCabe, the fact that whether or not they go ahead, they're involving two two or three of the leading clubs. And I think it reminds me of something that Jonas said recently, that the player pool in women's football for top-class players is quite small. Mm-hmm. So actually there aren't a million full-backs like Kate McCabe, or, well, we know Kate can play in a number of positions, there aren't a lot of world-class strikers like Alessia Russo. So because of that, the level that we are at the women's game at the moment, you will see, you know, clubs are having to go for direct rivals and it makes it harder to get that deal done because you're, you know, if Russo leaves, that's a massive blow in the title race. Mm, absolutely. But again, that's you want to be strengthening your team. Um, and again, there is, a, and I mean this in, in the nicest way, but football and women's game is such a nice place to be. But at the end of the day, it will be coming down to business and that's going to change very, very soon, especially when you look at the business and, and the commercial aspect of what's going on with women in football just now. Um, so if you're just joining us, uh, David Ornstein has tweeted just a little bit earlier on this evening 
that Arsenal have put in a world record bid for Alessio Russo. Uh, no contract talks currently going on or advanced with Manchester United. No word on what that record fee might be, uh, but we're looking around the regions of around £400,000. Is that right, Molly? And the fee has not been accepted by Manchester United as yet. Do you want to see it happen, Molly? I think I would like to see it happen because from Arsenal's perspective, the thought of Russo playing in that team is massive. But on the other hand, there's a part of me as a neutral that wants Russo to stay at United to spice up that title race because I think Russo's loss to United would be bigger than it would be if Arsenal didn't get her, maybe got someone else because they've got such a fantastic squad. Mm. They'll probably still make Champions League. I think it would be a bigger loss to United and it would really stunt their hopes of, of going for the title, which they are at the moment. And if she goes to Arsenal, does it put Arsenal's name on the league title, do you think? I think it gives them an edge. And I actually think it will give them such confidence because it has been the one thing that Jonas has so openly said. Look, he said it again and again, we need a prolific goal scorer. If you then don't get one, psychologically, that's a big blow. Mm-hmm. And it will be affecting your current striker at the minute who um, is ever so slightly off the pace. We're going to see that change, of course, that changed in the weekend in the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, but in the league, they need goals. Um, we know where Arsenal are lacking for unfortunate circumstances. Uh, but the news of Alessio Russo and that world record bid um, coming in from Arsenal to get that move from Alessio Russo from Manchester United to North London has everybody absolutely on the edge of their seat. I'd like to remind you that the women's transfer window closes tomorrow at five o'clock so if I can count is that what 22 hours no wait yeah 22. Oh, under, I, I think. nailed it honestly I'm so good at math I'm not um, Molly Hudson is with us uh, from the Times we're getting into all things women's football from the weekend of course it was the FA Cup fourth round let's review that let's look ahead to the ties as well um, if you're listening in we have uh, the, the draw it's just been done a couple of hours ago so we'll go through some of those fixtures as well uh, and we're probably going to continue talking about Lessie Russo. You listen to Women's Football Weekly on Talksport 2. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on Talksport 2. Good evening, how you doing? Hope you're having a wonderful Monday. Welcome along to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's Shabam with you. And for Faye Carruthers tonight, did Faye know this was planned? Did she know it was going to kick off tonight? And the eve of the transfer window closing tomorrow night at five o'clock, um, it's been reported that Arsenal have gone in for a world record fee to get Alessio Russo from Manchester United to North London. We believe uh, that contract talks no longer going on between Alessia camp and Manchester United and so far Arsenal's fee has not been accepted uh, but we'll keep tabs on that and an interest in 22 hours ahead uh, Molly Hudson is with me from the Times Molly you mentioned this earlier on as well um, what do Manchester United do at this point in time it's not an, as easy as saying goodbye to their star player and letting her go because then of course they might lose the chance of the title and then of course they could change the game if they got a world record fee for, for women in football to balance things out a bit as well you know there's so much lying on this and I'm so glad the story is broken and it's out there and they could also lose her for free in the summer I think so it's 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 quite a difficult situation for United I think Ironically, twenty-two. they've got 22 hours to make that decision. I should hope people far above the team have been thinking about that, you know, for a few weeks now, because I think we, we both said it's it's kind of a move that made sense for both parties. You can see, you could sort of see it coming. So hopefully United are not having to come up with this 
difficult decision whether to accept this bid or reject it, hopefully they know what they're going to do in advance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly that. And of course, we've seen big fees coming in from overseas. We saw Kira Walsh leave Manchester City in the summer uh, and head to Barcelona for 400,000. But we will never have seen a fee this big within the WSL. This would be uh, a world record fee and a world record as well within this league. To see a player like Alessia Russo getting a move to Arsenal would be quite incredible. Um, Okay, I'm all over the place. Let's uh, talk about the fourth round of the FA Cup. Um, It happened yesterday uh, and over the weekend, Molly. Do you know, I spoke to Millie Bright today in in an interview uh, separately and she was talking about how you don't ever rely now on just getting one or two goals in front because teams everywhere are strengthening and Liverpool really had them tested in that game yesterday as well. Chelsea did, of course, win 3-2 with a Sam Kerr hat-trick. Back to her best. Yeah, I think, you know, talking about a prolific goal scorer, there's an example of just how much they're worth, right? You Mm. see someone like Sam Kerr, she's there, she delivers a goal score like that is the difference between winning and losing it's the difference between exiting the competition it's the difference between going on and winning the league and I think you know Sam Kerr has proved that again and again we Chelsea certainly know the problems Liverpool can cause after that opening day mm-hmm. um, against them so I think yeah it it was a it was a bit of a banana skin I think for Chelsea and to overcome that in in what was a, a pretty fun game to watch actually there were there were some big score lines, which I'm sure we'll get onto, but that one was uh, certainly one that was a bit closer. It's the entertainment that we're looking for, isn't it? Not just easy wins for teams, you know, like Chelsea. A couple of seasons ago, you'd be looking and going, Chelsea, all day, but we're starting to see Liverpool become a little bit of a sticking point um, for the likes of Chelsea. You're right about that. Um, one of those high-scoring games that you're talking about, of course, was Arsenal 9-0 uh, against Leeds. Um Talk to me about Leeds, where they consider themselves uh, in terms of developing and moving forward in the women's game. I actually saw a, a tweet earlier about the fact that although there had been a lot of big scorelines in this round, when you actually think about it, they're going against an Arsenal team that are third in the Women's Super League. And Leeds United were team tier four. So that's actually a bigger gap than a lot of these ties were. So actually, although 9-0 looks big, it's not actually that big when you think about the differences. I mean... I interviewed Danielle Whittam, the Leeds United midfielder who had scored in the previous round. And she was saying that she struggles to even get to training because she's a firefighter and she finishes her shift at seven o'clock. Mm. And that's when training starts. Right. And she's got a 45 minute drive to get to training. So she's relying on people to come into their shift early as a firefighter to allow her to leave just to simply get to training. And I know a lot of the Leeds girls were pretty excited just to get to Arsenal because we mm. forget that they're in a geographical split league you know so they don't often get a big away day so I think you you see the result in isolation and obviously it's a big gap but you know what it's a really big gap between those players that are full-time professional footballers absolute best in the world and Arsenal put a pretty strong team out against the team like Leeds who are rebuilding obviously they've had a, a rich history in the game in the past but they're rebuilding with players that are balancing you know careers and I think in that sense, you could always see that towards the end of these games, you do see the level purely in fitness more than anything else, I think, that is really difficult at the end of these games. And I think that's where we saw the goals rack up in that one. Mm. Um, Are any of the players at Leeds full-time at the minute, Molly, or is that... They, they would all be balancing careers with their, their training and their football? I believe they're all balancing careers because um, Danielle actually said that she had a spell at Blackburn Rovers in the Championship 
And she found even that too difficult to juggle with her job. So she had to drop down. And I think for a lot of players, it's finding the right level to play the highest level of football that you can, whilst also maintaining a career. Because, you know, we're talking about these big money moves, but it's not like that all the way down the pyramid. And a lot of these players are, are thinking about their career after they retire. So it's a, you know, playing football is a pretty short career. They're thinking about, you know, we need to keep this job. And often that can mean that players aren't aren't able to turn professional, even if they have the ability to, until that sort of level, steady money is there right across the division. That's very, very true. Um, and that is the beauty of the FA Cup as well. We're seeing all these clubs come together from all different leagues. Um, and it was a hard day yesterday for Leeds, but like you say, a big away day at the same time as well and the opportunity Manchester City beat Sheffield United 7-0 but it the offers for Sheffield United uh, Everton was the upset I guess that losing out 1-0 against Birmingham City uh, Birmingham experienced against the likes of Everton um, but found herself now down in the championship so that's a massive win for them and Everton have been such good form over the last few weeks as well they'd be disappointed with that yeah, I think so. It, it it wasn't a game I was I was at personally, but from what I've seen, it looks as though it just wasn't quite Everton's day. Um, I think the Birmingham City goalkeeper pulled off a few pretty good saves in that one. I think it's difficult for a team like Everton because you know that they're not fighting for the title. They're not fighting for the Champions League and they've had a good enough season to not fight relegation. So what are you actually fighting for? Mm-hmm. And that's where I think you'd love a good cup run because it just keeps that season alive a little bit more. Obviously, you're going to put the effort in week in and week out, but is there much difference between finishing fifth or eighth in the Women's Mm. Super League? Mm. So I think it is a bit of a missed opportunity for them, knowing that, as you say, they have actually made great strides this season and they look as though they're actually building something now rather than being a little bit haphazard, which they have in in previous seasons. Absolutely. Aston Villa as well be AFC filed 11-0. I think four goals from Rachel Daly last night as well. Um, And from what you're seeing from social media, everybody enjoying the beauty of the competition as well. Um, And with that, we have the fifth round draw was completed earlier on today. Charlton Athletic will take on Birmingham City. Again, Birmingham are looking at that and going, let's progress again. Manchester United are going to face Durham. Uh, West Ham United against Aston Villa Lewis against Cardiff City Tottenham Hotspur are going to face Reading Chelsea against Arsenal an absolute case of the classics right there Brighton against Coventry United and Bristol City against Manchester City as well all of these fixtures to be, be to be played on the weekend of the 25th of February Molly any juicy ones in there for you that you like? Well it's pretty hard to look past Chelsea v Arsenal, isn't it? Classic, isn't it? Although I have to say, um, I think Cardiff City have been, I believe they're the lowest ranked team left in the competition. They were absolutely fantastic in beating Burnley 4-1 at the weekend. I think that's probably the size of that victory, probably surprised a few people. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about the great things going on at, at Lewis, but I think they'll be they'll be absolutely delighted to get that draw. Um, and they're certainly one to, to watch out for, uh, aside from those kind of top division teams, because, look, it's the FA Cup. We love that little bit of magic, don't we? We love a team that's, you know, got pretty low expectations going into it and they're defeating the odds, so why not? Just very, very quickly, we know the, the prize fund was increased as well. Molly, up by 2.5 million is that correct how is that going down the pyramid how is that making sure that other teams are looked after further down the leagues 
I believe um, Tom Gurry from The Telegraph wrote a piece on this about the fact that although the percentage increase in prize money is bigger than the men's, the gap is actually getting bigger Hmm. because of the millions of pounds that the men get. Um, Look, I think you speak to anybody down the pyramid and they certainly appreciate any increase in, in that pot because I think we've all written many, many years in a row now that when you get to this kind of level of the competition, Cardiff City should have a lot more money than they actually have for getting to this stage because yeah. that's that's how you make the magic of the FA Cup, right? We see it in the men's game. If you get through, you can literally fund your entire season with that prize money and that's what we need for women's teams. We need them to have that real incentive there and for it not to be how on earth are we going to afford this coach to get down to Lewis from Cardiff. It's very, very true. Okay, Molly Hudson is with us uh, this week. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's been an exciting half hour already. Uh, Coming up next, we'll uh, quickly reflect on that news of Alessia Russo reports that Arsenal put in a world record fee to get her from Manchester United to North London. Plus, we're going to continue to review the weekend's FA Cup results and look ahead to this weekend's WSL fixtures as well. We're also going to hear from Scotland legend Jen Beattie a little bit later as well. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others. She's around the goalkeeper and has rolled it in. On TalkSport 2. Good evening, how you doing? Hope you've had a wonderful Monday and a good weekend. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's Shaban in for Faye and Molly Hudson from The Times is with us as well. It's 21 and a half hours until the transfer window closes uh, in women's football. And we've had an update from Tom Gary, a friend of the show, writes for The Telegraph. He understands that Manchester United have rejected Arsenal's world record bid for Alessio Russo from Manchester 
United to North London. Tom Gary saying he understands this bid has been rejected. It comes after David Ornstein tweeted that a world record fee has gone in for Arsenal looking for Alessio Russo. Um, whether that's this window, whether it's this summer, it's now understood that that fee and that offer has been turned down by Manchester United. Molly, what? I mean, is that clever? Are they going to just look for more? <laughs> it's a very, very interesting time. Nice bit of drama. Mm. We're, we're moving on from the initial. We've got more. And I think this is one that's going to tick along for the next 21 hours, to be honest with you. I think for Arsenal to go in so high straight away, I think it shows that there's probably a bit more there. They're probably um, able to offer a little bit higher. Um, and I think ultimately it will come down to how much Manchester United balance the fact that they're going to get a lot of money, let's be honest, for a women's football player, well, and how much they they don't want to Arsenal to strengthen of and they don't want to lose her. Yeah, we understand. Well, Tom Gary understands that he doesn't want to sail to uh, a title rival, of course, which would be Arsenal. Manchester United sitting top of the league at the minute as well. Um, what does this mean as well for the, the rumours over the weekend of Katie McCabe uh, being wanted by Chelsea from Arsenal as well? Is there Does that change anything there? I think... The way Jonas Eidevel quite adamantly shut that down mm. at the weekend. I think he was asked about it after that that FA Cup victory. I think he was very. I think he actually said that him and Katie haven't even talked about it. Um, we know managers can can sometimes say things that aren't necessarily true, but I do think again because they'd be directly strengthening a rival. You just don't want to do that unless you really have to, and I don't think Arsenal are in a position where. They really have to, to be honest. And I think that is another one that could roll on into the summer because obviously there were there were rumours, we understand, perhaps Penilla Harder and Magda Eriksson mm-hmm. may well be leaving Chelsea. So obviously they, they will then be in the market for another forward, another defender. So again, I think it's maybe testing the water in this window and maybe that is another one that will heat up in the summer. Uh, it's certainly interesting times on Twitter at TalkSport2 if this transfer comes off it will be the turning point of Arsenal's season dare we even think it's possible yes anything is possible these days never say never hi to Angie listening to the show Simon shocked face I've not heard this there you go uh, hi to Shanna this is a place to just air all your rumour platform uh, get do it with us here I thought S- that Sophia Smith was coming to Chelsea oh my word fair enough um, you can keep letting us know also Simon saying I was convinced Alessio Russo was coming back to Chelsea I remember hearing that rumour um, of course after she'd won the, the Euros as well with the Lionesses that rumour was out there uh, lots of you have in your say a few of you saying fingers crossed what an amazing signing that would be Erin Thomas saying stay where you are my darling I'll play for your sal- I'll pay for your salary in chocolate and cookies uh, that's a very very kind offer one that many of us would take but uh, football business is football business um, there we go we'll keep you posted if we hear any more between now and the end of the show but as it's understood, Tom Gary of The Telegraph saying that he understands that Manchester United have turned down the world record offer from Arsenal to get Alessia Russo. OK, shall we focus on the WSL coming back ahead of us this weekend? And it may well be a couple of different sides we're looking at if uh, business is done between now and tomorrow evening at five o'clock when the window closes. Leicester against Manchester City we can look forward to on Saturday, Molly. It's a half past 11 kickoff. Uh, speaking about uh, transfer business, Ruby Mace on loan, back to Leicester. Uh, won't be obviously featuring this game, of course, because she's on loan from Manchester, Manchester City, but they need to do something. 
Um, are we going to see that different side of Leicester for the second half of the season, do you think? I think there's definitely been signs of promise. And I think certainly when I heard about that Ruby Mace move, it was one I was really excited about because I think if you if you look at top English talents coming through the age groups, Ruby Mace really is one of those. She's been absolutely fantastic every time she's been given the chance. I think a lot of people were quite surprised that she moved from Arsenal to Manchester City. It hasn't quite worked out for her. I think it's been fair to say she struggled with injuries, which has then meant she struggled for minutes because it's it's pretty difficult to work your way back to fitness mm. at a team like Manchester City with so much quality. So I think it's a move that makes a lot of sense and I think it's one that can really benefit Leicester if they can keep her fit and that will be the main thing, I think. So it's it's certainly a gamble that makes sense for them and I think actually it, if you look at their form, mm. I know I know they went out on penalties to, to Reading um, in the FA Cup but there have been real signs that they're more competitive now. I mean, if you look start of the season it was like they were losing and you didn't really expect them to win mm-hmm. whereas now they've got a lot more fight I think Willie Kirk has had a sort of moment to breathe reset actually get the team playing that he wants them to brought a few new faces in so I think look there was a point the relegation battle in the Women's Super League wasn't a battle it was a certainty and now I think the battle is back on. Mm. And when you bring in a player like Ruby Mace, who actually kept Birmingham up, remember the the season before they went down, it was Ruby Mace's goals that that made sure that they that they stayed part of the WSL for another season. Um, so you look forward to Leicester against Manchester City, Aston Villa against Brighton this Saturday, half past twelve kickoff. What's your thoughts, Molly, on Villa this season, and where do you see them going? I think we've talked a lot on this show about transfers and I think Aston Villa have really shown the power of the transfer market and picking up the right players at the right time, at the right stage of their career. And that's exactly what, you know, Carla Ward and Aston Villa have done. I think it, it's it been proven in the results that they've had this season. Um, they obviously drew with Manchester City the other week. And I think it, it really shows that they can put the cat amongst the pigeons in this league. We know... It's really difficult to break those top three, top four clubs now. Obviously, Manchester United have, have certainly broken that this season. But I think in terms of the best of the rest, Aston Villa are maybe the one that have surprised a lot of people to become that sort of leading contender there. Again, you've got to credit the club for doing wise business, you know, strengthening where they need to strengthen. They weren't bringing in luxury players at this point of the season because they've only had, what, well, the last game before Christmas, I think they had two players on the bench. You know, they were threadbare, so they had to strengthen this window. They've still got a catalogue of players with injuries as well. Um, but you're bringing in, you know, key players like Lioness, Rachel Daly. You know, now you've got Jordan Nobbs coming into the midfield who comes with experience, Lucy Staniforth as well. All of these players are going to be looking minutes, looking for minutes on a World Cup year um, as well. But it's interesting to see what they can do. Kenza Daly for me, I just watch her all day. Really underrated, a, isn't oh, she? She's phenomenal. Phenomenal. I went to see her against uh, Arsenal uh, in the game at Bodenwood. Now, what game was that? It was Thursday night, wasn't it? Last Thursday night? Yes. Um, she was outstanding. I know they were beaten 3-0 Aston Villa by Arsenal, but um, I have to say she is some player, French international as well. Looking ahead to Sunday, Manchester United will play Everton, Spurs, Chelsea, which should be an interesting one. Liverpool against Reading, West Ham against Arsenal. Some good ones to look forward to. Molly, what's your thoughts? I think we're at that point in the season where with the title race so close between Manchester United, Chelsea and Arsenal, it genuinely is. If you drop any points, suddenly you're going from first to third. And I think 
that's actually something that United have got to get used to now because Chelsea and Arsenal have kind of been used to that for a few seasons now. They know any points dropped, the the kind of momentum, the favourites go to the other team. And I think United are, you know, they've certainly proven so far this season, they've been more than up to that task. But you know what? If, if Russo goes and leaves, that's another player to, you know, get you that clutch goal when you really need it. And that's what, you do need and it's probably what Arsenal were missing so I think not only about Russo's transfer but if they don't get Russo who are they going to get and I think that's the big question because quite clearly United aren't just going to let Russo walk out nice and easily mm-hmm. so they're going to have to battle for her but if they don't get her I really hope for Arsenal fans sake there is a backup there because it's so important to get someone in considering the messaging that Jonas Idevall has repeatedly mm-hmm. put out that that's what they really need. Oh yeah, and you're right about that. It was very clear yesterday in shutting down the McCabe rumours. He said this this will not be happening. Um, absolutely not. But it was very clear, I want a striker this window, knowing that there was only a couple of days to go. Um, and then look at the news that's broken today. Alessia Russa to Arsenal, that could be very, very, very interesting. Uh, of course, it's a World Cup year. Uh, looking ahead to July, I cannot wait. The 20th of July is my twin's birthday. And uh, they're getting left behind. And I'm going to Australia <laughs> <laughs> for for the opening ceremony in Sydney. Now, uh, Molly, there's been reports that the stadium that was originally booked was too small. And there has been an official change being announced in the last hour. Is that right? Yes. And I believe it's, it's one of those strange things where you think, come on, FIFA. How have you like underestimated the demand for this game now after you've seen the the growth of women's football over the last year. Mm -hmm. But seemingly they did. Um, The match has been moved to Stadium Australia, which has capacity of over 80,000 fans, which is almost double Sydney Football Stadium, which holds just 44,000. Initially, FIFA had planned it that Stadium Australia was only due to host knockout matches, but given the interest... FIFA have made this decision. Now, you'd like to think they would have just anticipated this. However, fantastic news that they have made the move to change it now. Plenty of time still left for for fans out there to buy tickets, which is great. I think they're aiming for um, 100,000 fans across the sort of two opening games because obviously we've got we've got co-hosts in in Australia and New Zealand. Of course. So it's fantastic and I think it really shows that, you know, the interest there has already been with the tournament still months away. I think it shows that Australia are going to be really great hosts and, you know, when you've when you've got a player like Sam Kerr that will undoubtedly be mm. slapped all over the marketing for that one. I think there'll there'll be a lot of Aussies hoping they can they can get off to a good start. And I mean, what a platform for the Republic of Ireland. Oh my goodness. I mean, th- it- what a platform, you know, how that will, will be a life-changing moment for many of those senior players, for the junior players, for Vida Pau's side. Um, but you, you speak about the, the fans that will be coming and targeting over 100,000 fans. The amount of Irish out in Australia who were then limited to go and watch their home country in their home country um, to go and see that. It was, it was amazing how undervalued that open ceremony was seeming uh, to be in Sydney. So the fact that it has been moved and it has been announced, 83,000, did you say, uh, will be able to access to that stadium uh, is absolutely incredible. Uh, and Tickets for Australia against Republic of Ireland to go on sale Friday the 24th of February at midday. 
fastest fingers first. Um, that'll be an interesting time indeed. I cannot wait. Are you going, Molly? Are you planning to be there? I am, but as are the geographical challenges of hosting a <laughs> tournament in Australia, um, I think I shall be on England camp. So we'll miss that one. So but you're going to be in Brisbane. Yeah, there's a bit of... Um, well, I think uh, England are actually based in Terrigal, which is about an hour away from Sydney. But Fine. we have... England also do have a game in Brisbane as well. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of travel, and a lot of watching the other games on yeah. the telly because it's not going to be like England uh, where we yeah. could hop around during the Euros and see lots of things live. But it's going to be a really fun experience, I, I think. I saw so much of the M1 during the Women's Euros and I didn't mind it whatsoever. I'm looking forward to seeing more of Australia though. Uh, and exciting news for women's football fans. If you are listening, by the way, in Australia, the amount of people who get in touch um, from the other side of the world, your chances of getting a ticket seem more likely because that opening game in Sydney has been moved to the bigger stadium. What's it called again? Stadium. Stadium Australia. Stadium Australia. We can't go wrong. I can't forget that. Uh, 83,000 tickets, uh, well, seats will be available for that. Tickets go on sale on Friday the 24th of February. That is going to be absolutely outstanding. Molly, thank you very much. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly here on TalkSport 2. News broke on Friday that Scotland International, Jen Beattie, is stepping back from international duties. We're going to hear from her exclusively next on TalkSport 2. On DAB+, Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. It's a wonder goal! The home for women's football. Evening to you. How are you doing this Monday? Welcome along to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. My name's Siobhan, in for fake and others. And Molly Hudson, writer for The Times, is with us as well. Molly, never a quiet Monday, eh? What an hour. It's been absolutely mental. Uh, of course the news has broken. If you've been under a rock what are you doing with yourself? Uh, Arsenal have apparently put in a record fee for Alessio Russo to leave Manchester United to make her way to North London. Uh, in the last half hour, Tom Gary from the Telegraph uh, has had an update and according to him says that Arsenal, uh, sorry Manchester United have rejected Arsenal's bid for Alessio Russo. It would have been a world record fee. Talks aren't 100% dead yet though um, so we're just monitoring that of course uh, 21 just yeah about 21 hours to go until the women's transfer window closes and that has everybody talking we'll keep you posted if anything else between now and 8 o'clock tonight I just can't wait to see what's going to happen Molly it's like it's like Christmas Eve, isn't it? This, this tran- transfer deadline day Eve. It's new for the women's game, but we like it. Yeah, it, it, and it feels it feels absolutely right. I mean, we've been speaking about it from the beginning of the show. I, I did a YouTube just before I came on here, and you know we've seen high fees, we've seen Pernella Harder, we've seen uh, Kira Walsh, of course, but actually within the WSL, we have not seen a fee like this, and we haven't seen a move like this, uh, and that is what's exciting about it. That is where the game is going. We should be seeing teams looking at people and wanting to strengthen and steal who they've got. Um, so yeah, Arsenal in for Alessio Russo. Will it happen? We'll know between now and five o'clock tomorrow evening what the heck is going on there. Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly and friend of the show, we've had her on many a time, is the lovely Jen Beattie from Arsenal, Scotland International uh, as well, having represented from her school years. Jen announced on Friday that she is now stepping back from international duty. Here she is speaking exclusively to talk sports Bradley Hayden now just felt the right time I feel like it had been on my mind for the best part of a year I'd say 
and then obviously not qualifying for the summer's world cup in in Oz in New Zealand was was just so disappointing um and I didn't want to go into a next campaign right now wondering with with these kind of thoughts in my mind so I kind of thought right I might I'll be 34 if we get to the next tournament and do I still want to be playing international football at that point no so now felt like the right time to just apply myself in in different areas on the international break but of course I still absolutely love club football so I'll be still trying to do that for as long as possible Uh, that's good because I was about to say I still hope we're going to see you around the WSL for a lot longer and does this now mean you're going to focus a little bit more does this now give you opportunity to focus on that mentoring role you've got you've got Arsenal in the background as well yeah absolutely I think you know you said it yourself I still I still love the game I still want to be a part of it I I still feel like I've got loads of games left in my leg so hopefully got many more seasons to go in that aspect but yeah, I've been doing the marketing and communication side in, in part of my dual role with Arsenal and uh, Academy Ambassador. And they're two roles I've absolutely loved doing this year so far. Um, so it just allows me more time to apply myself in that area, to be honest. And then obviously the media and broadcasting side is, is something I, I love doing as well. So just having those weekends free will just be a nice amount of time and see family, see friends and, and just enjoy having that extra bit of time off to 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 do things I love doing. Come and join us at TalkSport and TalkSport 2, that's what I'm saying. Mate, sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely, sign me up. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I suppose taking you back to the beginning when you were younger, did you ever think it was going to be possible to represent your national team? To be honest, no. I, th- I think it's... Well, it was always incredible, I guess, knowing my dad had done it for rugby and, and seeing my brother had gone to his games and he was number eight for Scotland rugby as well. So... But no, you never think it's possible. I, I remember getting my first calling, call up and just bursting out crying, even at youth levels. I think I was 13, 14, going into to under 15s. And you just love the game. I think at that point, women's football wasn't professional. It wasn't even semi-professional. You just played because I absolutely loved it. And to go on um, and to see the game progress in the way it has done and to to be my age and still be a part of it, to be able to reflect on that is, is such a special feeling. But no, I had, I had zero expectations. I just absolutely loved it. So thankfully I stuck at it. <laughs> <clears throat> when you sit here and reflect now, what particular moments really stand out from you, for you from, you from your international career? I, th- I think for me, when, when I first got up to senior squads, and you know we we hadn't qualified for a major tournament so to to qualify for the 17 2017 euros and then 20, 2019 world cup back to back tournaments that's just something that I'm incredibly proud to be a part of and to have done that um to kind of set a standard and be a part of it and play at major tournaments that they're they're just ultimate highlights and it's something that I think the national team is is desperate to do again and it was obviously so disappointing to miss out on two tournaments back to back again but you know I've no doubt that the, the squad is so talented and I've no doubt they'll be back on a world stage very soon is there any is gonna be, is there gonna be anything that's gonna come close to sort of this, the fulfillment of pride when you're out there sort of singing the national anthem and, and representing your, your national team well, so t- uh, probably not. No, like there's, of course, club football is amazing and, and it's 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 so enjoyable being a part of a team on a, a day-to-day basis. But I think th- that's why I've been a part of it for so long. That that feeling of every sort of six to eight weeks meeting up with, with Scottish people as well. Like it was just such a nice feeling. Like I moved away from home when I was 18. I've played in France, England, Australia. So I've never played in Scotland since I was a kid. So to meet up every 
you know, so often and be among Scottish people, you know, at, on home soil, playing at Hamden, singing your anthem, I don't think anything ever will beat that, to be honest. And it's it's something that's so hard to say to say goodbye to, but n- n- nothing will compare to pulling on a blue jersey and, and singing your own anthem in front of home fans. Oh, Jen Beatty, stepping back from international duty, Scotland, of course, and Arsenal defender Molly Hudson from The Times is with me. Molly, it'll be a shame to see a player like Jen stepping back from wearing a Scotland shirt and, and doing it the best she possibly can. Oh, wrong mic, sorry. <laughs> she truly is a legend of Scottish women's football. And I think you see the experiences she's had going to that first World Cup with Scotland as well, just incredible. And she scored, and she actually scored on the same pitch that her dad had scored a try for Scotland. Mm-hmm. And what are the chances of that? It's like Part perfect different. symmetry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredible that she has that moment and so many moments and experience um, that she's had for, with her international uh, squad as well. And representing Scotland as a Scotswoman, Jenny Beat has been part of it so it's for as long as I can remember uh, as well. And one thing that I will say is that she is one of the nicest most wholesome people you will come across. Uh, a very emotional, clear person. She's been through it. Um, and now stepping back from representing Scotland will be tough for fans and probably be very, very tough for her. But she goes out rocking every single time. When they lost to Republic of Ireland to get to the World Cup, we flew home in the same flight the next day and I met her on the plane. And she had nothing but positive things to say about the Republic of Ireland players. Just, I'm glad they're getting this experience. All of those senior players need to make it to the world stage before they retire. This is everything for them. And I thought, you're maybe the nicest person I've ever met. So good luck to Jen Beattie. Of course, we're still going to see her play for Arsenal uh, and within the WSL. And hopefully our role will continue there as well. Molly Hudson, what a night. It's gone by in a flash. We need another 10 hours to just see this through. Um, Thank you for your time tonight. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, We'll be back with you next week. If you missed anything tonight, go to TalkSport app and you can listen back to the podcast as well. Thank you very much. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.